Welcome to the show. I'm Josh. And I'm Grant. And this is the Peel and Drag Podcast. Put you down in there. <laughs> My dog. <No. laughs> Welcome back to the Peeling Drag Podcast. Uh, thanks for tuning in to episode five of the program. Uh, how are we doing tonight? I'm hanging in there. Yeah, Long day at work. Looks like We're it. good. Yeah, I think we both had uh, two Long day ch- ch- challenging days. Yeah, Grant's taking a sip of drink again. <laughs> Hopefully we can't out of the hear UPS, it on the microphone. Uh, out of the UPS uh, water bottle? Yeah. I think uh, I've spent a day rolling around on the ground trying to make people's exterior of their houses look better, and Grant was delivering to those houses. So. And I've started intermittent fasting, which and, makes the end of your day extremely tiring. Yeah, and I need to start intermittent fasting, which also makes the end of your day very tiring. <laughs> so that being said, uh, have you done any fishing lately? Yeah. Yeah. Tell us about um, it. Let's see. Uh, middle of last week, hooked up with Braden and went, uh, got a random day off from work, and we hooked up with bass fishing. Uh, pretty slow, even though it was on a warming trend. Kind of thought all the conditions were going to line up good to catch them. Uh, that didn't exactly happen. We did catch quite a few fish. I think we, right. we did all right. But um, the last couple times I've been out there, uh, pattern I've noticed is that last hour of light, they even if it's cold, they still somebody's probably cruising around trying to eat. Yeah, and uh, I caught one that was a little over seven pounds. Uh, literally the last fish we caught. All right, and then uh, <clears throat> this past weekend hooked up with Connor and went bass fishing, tested out a few of his. Uh, if, if you've been following my Instagram or you've probably seen me sharing his, uh, he's a really really good bass fisherman, but he started a. Uh, custom bait painting leading edge customs on instagram and uh hooked up to a little product testing yeah and yeah we did pretty good uh we probably caught i don't know 15 or so yeah all on stuff he painted so it was pretty wild i'm glad connor's really good at doing that painting stuff because it makes it a lot easier to support somebody when they're yeah really good at something not like starting a podcast and being five episodes in before you figure out how your audio works <laughs> yeah every, every now and again though you are right with like there's there's a lot of people that we know that we're not trying to be mean every now and again if we don't like acknowledge it but well i don't even think it's sometimes people will send you things like hey man i'm yeah. i started a custom bait company and it's just like neat yeah it's it's just one of those things like people started as a hobby and then you know it get it expands beyond that, and it's yeah. 
some of them are really good. Some of them aren't so good. But when it comes to supporting your friends, it's always good when they take it seriously. And they're they actually are extremely, good at it, so. yeah. Connor is extremely talented. Yeah. Uh, like I said, leading edge customs on Instagram. Um, he can paint anything you want. He does repaints of old baits you've got. Or yeah. he, uh, he can get his hands on blanks and do new baits as well. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So we did pretty well on some crank baits and some jerk baits that he uh, painted up. I think we had a little over a 25-pound bag between the two of us. So. That's solid. Yeah. yeah, I've seen some of the stuff lately. It's As someone who does that type of thing as a profession, he's definitely, yeah, he's, he's got from it my opinion, in. He's, he's doing really well at it. So Watching his reels, though, he's not uh, OSHA approved because he's not always wearing a respirator. <laughs> Connor he's painting had a great in a small room. until he died of <laughs> silicosis of the lungs. So uh, where are your respirators, kids? Yeah. No. Connor saw it. He'll figure it out. <laughs> or he'll die. I don't know. Either one. Um, I got out to do a little fishing. I chased, uh, since our last recording, I chased the brown trout for a little while. That's as frustrating as ever. Um, if you... Just to say how fruitful was that, I already know, but... Yeah, it, I caught a three, three and a, three, three and a half pounder. Um, not close enough for Virginia Trophy size as we've harked on before. If you don't know what we're talking about, uh, Virginia has trophy qualifications for their angler recognition program. I'm trying to finish out that program with my last six species, brown trout being one of them. Super difficult to do in the state of Virginia. The requirements are five pounds or 25 inches. It's tough. It's tough. Yeah. Especially on a year in which it seems like... The, Not the, a lot of browns are getting put in. Yeah, the state stocking for brown trout seems like they're lower seems than in years a, past yeah, so significantly i've resorted to buying nymphs and getting into fly casting and actually trying to catch them that way so that's my plans for this upcoming weekend but did that fish for some striper hybrid striper had limited success but didn't find any of the fish that i needed of that size so just getting to that point in the late winter early spring where you're like stabbing at everything because there's so much to chase right now yeah. you're just trying to figure out like what the best move is i guess and we but, have this weird like warm spell that we've been on for like yeah. two weeks now so it makes you want to do a lot of stuff it's kind of weird yeah it's like the cherry blossoms are out right now i think trees are budding it's it's yeah it's weird it's typical virginia virginia spring where it's like 70 degrees all week what do they call it like indian summer or whatever where you have the really warm winter i don't know fall fall spring something, something like that, that. but yeah <clears throat> Virginia's usually good for one of those once a year so yeah. before we're done with february we'll probably have or super march will blast us yeah i, I when i was in high school it snowed in april i remember I, that. I remember working at the golf course that it snowed in april yeah i was in the hospital trying not to die from a blood infection and I like looked out the window. It was snowing, and I thought I was hallucinating. So it was good, good stuff. But <laughs> this is it. <laughs> well, <laughs> this is not how I expected to go out. Unfortunately, I lived. So <laughs> the depression is as strong as ever. Um, all right. Well, let's move into. <clears throat> excuse me. Let's move into some fishing news. I'll let you go first. We have a super popular. Uh, occurrence in the fishing world lately yeah um we've talked about this late before uh oh ivy steady uh 
steady pumping out giants down there in Texas. Um, let's see. Yeah. This fish, I'm trying to find the guy's name. Uh, Jason Kahn. Jason Kahn, yeah. Landed a 17.03 pound Sherilunker. This is actually the 642nd Sherilunker and the 8th heaviest ever caught in Texas. 6th heaviest Sherilunker program, or donated to the program. So, uh, the only thing that we actually just talked about it, I mean, 17.03 is, is massive. Supposedly when they weighed it on the boat and the first time they weighed it, when they weighed it at a uh, ramp or at a shop, wherever they got it weighed in, it was like 17.18. And then by the time they, I think they weighed it a couple times in 17.03 was what it settled on. Yeah, so I did a quick write-up on it for the Have Rods Will Travel site. And apparently they weighed it twice prior to the official weighing. It weighed 17.18, which would be the new lake record. Yeah. But they put it in a live well. It threw up like two shad or something like it was something to that effect. But it yeah. ended up officially weighing seventeen oh three. I yes, think seventeen oh six is the record for the yeah. lake. Right. So that's and the state record is eighteen eighteen. I I 18.18. have point one eight. Right. I have no doubts that the Texas that's state record is gonna literally get any day i mean yeah. it could be this year if it's not this year it'll be next year well it's interesting like what the world of live scope and active target and all that has like opened up now because now like a giant fish can be caught anywhere yeah. i mean virginia's state record 16 and some change but like I could very easily see somebody taking live scope to one of our lakes here and replicating cool, that type uh, of thing. Listen to this. The 1703 was Sherilunker number 642. The lake record 1706 was Sherilunker number 620. Okay. And the state record largemouth for Texas was Sherilunker number 105. So there's been 520 fish from the Sherilunker program caught since the since the like state record was weighed in, and yeah. they're still, I mean, it's still pumping out seventeen pounders. Well, and all those fish are going back too. Yeah. So it's like that. The Texas state record is out there a few times over. I've said it plenty of times with Texas's state record and our own. Like those fish exist. It's just whether or not you're doing the right things to catch them, and whether or not you're going to do the right things to actually successfully land them. I I have no doubt that people are implementing active target and and live scope in virginia right now like these bass state records and state records in which you can utilize live scope i have no doubts that state records are going to start falling simply because of that because you're targeting a fish you wouldn't normally have a direct connection to so it's interesting stuff. And the same goes for the world record and, and a bunch of other world records. Like, 22 pounds, like, it's huge, but it's not that far of a jump when you're talking about so, I mean, upper teens fish. The thing is, I mean, just listen to, like, how the Share Locker program works. I mean, it's crazy that Texas, I mean, it shows you that Texas is trying to essentially possibly grow, like, a world record large yeah. mouth. They're trying. This is like, uh... During three months of the what they consider the prime season, January through March, anglers who reel in a 13-plus-pound bass can load it to the Texas Parks and Wildlife for the Sherilunker Selective Breeding and Stocking Program. 
The Zeglers call the Sherlocker program at number, uh, well, 903-681-0550 to report their catch 24-7 through March 1st. An officer or a biologist will respond to any call. Anglers who catch and donate a 13-plus pound lunker earn legacy class status, a catch kit filled with merchandise, a 13-plus pound decal for your vehicle and boat, VIP access to the Share Lunker annual awards, and a replica mount free of charge. Yeah, that's legit. I'd do it just for the fish mount. I mean, they're giving out a free replica. Oh, oh yeah, and your your legacy class fish is entered in the drawing each year. First place, if you get drawn, wins a $5,000 gift card. That's odd. So, I mean, you get all that stuff and a chance at winning five grand to Bass Pro just for turning your fish in. I yeah. mean, that's all the incentive you need to not just, just kill for, that fish yourself and hang it on the wall. Just for doing something you're probably already going to do, which is targeting those fish. Yeah, dude, it's it's Texas ha- is advantageous because it has what Florida doesn't have. Florida has those bigger fish, but it doesn't have the deeper water. Yeah. You don't have lakes with Yeah, we're seeing that now too. Florida isn't producing the Texas fish. Like No. Texas is well, definitely a lot growing yeah, fish a lot bigger. Florida has the big fish, but it doesn't necessarily well, Florida's got have, the genetics but doesn't have the habitat. Right. It's all fairly shallow. Yeah. Like those fish are probably eating more terrestrial like frogs and and stuff, you know, like blue. Their problem and is stuff. that their problem is their water is so hot for so long that Yeah. You have the bass metabolism and fish metabolism in general slows down when it's too hot and when it's too cold. Yeah. Well, you got the Florida genetics and and everything that goes along with that. Then you have the California, like, deep water fishery. Texas kind of is a merger of both. So yeah. you're going to see a lot of big fish coming out of Texas. California pumps out a lot of big fish, but not anywhere near, like, Texas, though. Yeah. Well, I, I would say moving forward anyway, but... Yeah. Definitely, I mean, that's blown up the fishing world here lately. It's one of the largest bass caught in, you know, quite well. Josh Jones caught the 1706 last year out of OH Ivy. But it's not, we're going to see a state record slash world record fish within the next year. It wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise. Maybe not world record, but definitely state record quality for texas is going to be coming out yeah my uh fishing news comes from the igfa as it normally does and this one's local to us we were just talking about this type of thing not too long ago alexandra hall was fishing the james river in virginia on december 4th 2022 when she landed this impressive 63 pound blue catfish With this fish, Alexandria could potentially set both the IGFA women's 20-pound line class world record and female junior world record for the species. The massive cat ate a cut bait. It's weird. It's very clearly shad. This massive cat ate a cut bait and was landed after a 10-minute fight. This record is currently pending and under review. So... There's a photo of that fish. It's pretty cool, man. I'm surprised more, like, with the direct access to blue cats, I'm surprised more people aren't taking their children out to break these records or women's records. A lot of those records are light or vacant. 
both on conventional and fly tackles. So not even mentioning like length records. Yeah, yeah. I that's a whole other uh, box of worms we could open up, but just super cool to see. I mean, you don't have very many blue cat records getting broken. Yeah. I mean, the the line class stuff for men's is pretty highly competitive, and it's yeah. So it's, well, it's, all the guys tried to break them live here pretty yeah, much yeah we we're in the virginia anglers club here in richmond and i think maybe three of our members have a world record within the blue well, cat line yeah. capacity i know bob shepherd has i think the two pound record um i forget who has the four I know rob pound. was chasing the four pound record for a while yeah and then uh, steve knox has i think the six pound record i think the two pound record is like 33 pounds and then it immediately jumps up. Like four pounds is like fifty-four pounds. Yeah. I think six pounds is sixty something. So yeah, it immediately like skyrockets. So the men's records are highly competitive, as you'd expect. Um, but a lot of those female and junior angler records are pretty obtainable. Yeah. So just something to think about if you're interested in getting into those line class records. But Moving on, we're going to touch on uh, some new product from Yak Attack, a company that we both um, are supported by and fish a lot of their products. And that is the... uh, the, We actually have them here. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see them. Uh, This is actually, I think it's the same product we touched on last time. The I duo, remember. I don't think it was live yet, but mm. it's the H Rail Duo um, Mighty Mounts from Yak Attack. Duo Rail Adapter. Yeah, Duo Rail Adapter. Mm-hmm. So the the Hobies, if you don't know, they have most of them have the H Rail on them, which is a ten sided rail system. Um, no other company that I've seen is making mounts for it other than Hobie. Right. So you have to buy a Hobie mount, and they were making a set up where you mm-hmm. pop the little like pin out and replace it and put a yak tech product on there like that's, right. that was all well and good super clean but like now you can directly mount yak attack products with their spline system right to a traditional mighty mount yep it's two-part mold uh very solid as you'll i mean super heavy duty plastic um good like interlocking pieces to where you're you're not getting any play um, and yeah, they're through bolted. I mean, I mounted four of them on my Pro Angler yeah. the other day, and they are solid. Stainless steel so. hardware, so you don't have to worry about corrosion and yeah. all that stuff. Comes in the familiar Yak Attack product packaging that we yep. all uh, know to expect from them. And it comes in a two pack, so that's cool. So yeah. I think you can get them in a one or a two pack, but I right. think two packs save you a little bit of money. Let me see that. Yeah. So if you're watching this, uh, which is going to be better for your entertainment value in segments like this, if you're listening, thanks for listening. But if you're watching, you can see this being called the Duo Rail Adapter. It is two sided, so on this side you can mount a product and on this side you can mount a product so if you have it say going along your uh, Hobie H-Rail you could have a camera mount and a rod holder or two rod holders or you know whatever uh, yeah I've uh, got the way I've got them on mine right now I've got the one all the way to the front of the H-Rail mm-hmm. is up and down mm-hmm. or yeah up and down 
So I really plan on just putting one thing on that one because yep. the underside, you're blocked by the hull. Right. But the ones that are closer back to my seat, I have them side to side, so I might put rod holders mm-hmm. on those. Yeah, so you can use, like, the Roto-Grip paddle holder on the outside. I mean, that's the cool thing about this is being that almost all of Yak Attack's products are modular. You can do pretty yeah. much whatever you want I've seen a couple to. people take them already and put two on the H-rail facing out and put two paddle holders on them mm. and you, you hold your paddle outside the kayak like Yeah, that. it's solid. And the other cool thing about it too is they've manufactured it for the um, H-rail and for one-inch square tubing. Yeah. So you don't have to just use this for Hobie. Say if you have like a pontoon boat or something along those lines, you can use yeah, it. Yeah, that has the rails going mm. around the outside. You can utilize it for that as well. But... Yeah. Super stout. Um, can't wait to actually utilize them in the kayak. Yeah. But super cool stuff. What was the MSRP? I um, want to say it was like twenty. I think two bucks. of them are like twenty three ninety nine, something yeah. like that. Yeah. So right around the twenty dollar mark for two of them. Right. But it. Uh, it's it's just the newest thing in the kayak fishing world. Um, Yak Attack, as we've seen today. Um, on the team page, they have some more products that they'll be rolling out soon, so be sure to keep an eye out for those um, coming up. Yak Tack really seems to be making a push on this year. Yeah, yeah. Ma- putting more product out into the market, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're, they're just so solid. I put two of them on there, and like my old, the old Hobie attachments for the H rail, they're great. Like you could adjust the tension on them and twist them if you have to, but that's those things i mean you could pick the boat up with them too i mean that's yeah well it's cool that they said they did say like out of all the stuff they've been asked for in the past couple years this Mm -hmm. has by far been like number one some way to attach yak attack product to the rail yeah with a yak attack holder or adapter well it's cool that they are now hitting the market and we got some now because shad season's right around the corner yeah, they'll get Which used here in about a month. Blue cat fishing is right around the corner, and we can utilize all the cool stuff that they have sent us to, um, yep. to fish with. So, um, before we get into any more of this, I'm assuming we'll do the fish talk segment and then talk about everything else we have to talk about today. Yeah, I feel like our subject of the day will probably be fairly long. Yeah, well, the last two podcasts have went near two hours, and I don't think we need to be making that a habit. So we'll go ahead and get the Fish Talks segment going. Um, If you happen to be listening to this, we've gotten some feedback. Um, Don't listen to this part. Watch it. So go to YouTube and watch it. If you're listening right now, uh, don't do that. Fast forward to the part where we're not talking about this anymore. <laughs> That's the best thing I get. It's the best thing I can offer you. We're filming and recording this. If you're listening to it, you're just gonna hear a bunch of weird videos, and I don't know what I don't know how else to rectify the situation. But uh, so we'll get into some fish talks here. Go ahead and let me know when we hit about eight minutes. I don't want this to run super long. I think one of our last segments was like 13 minutes long. That's yeah, probably, Sometimes it might drag a little bit. Probably hard to listen to for that long, but let's see what we have here. Um, it's not every day that you get to see an The majority of these. The but 
a bird we are familiar with, the osprey, coming to Richmond, and uh, with wreak havoc. It's a barracuda. So, fast forward real quick. Yep. Hold on. Okay. It's weird. The audio cuts out every now and then. I don't know why. Okay. 48 miles an hour. No, 48 degrees, 22 miles an hour. Uh, this dude is running up to a dam. Hooked up this morning. Got some weight to him, too. Gets hooked into something pretty solid. Fast forward. It is a giant striper. So that's pretty solid. I would have loved to have found one of those the last couple days. What a fucking butterball. Cool. So I'll probably have to bleep that out. I don't it's another good fish right here. A giant. That's a hee-haw kind of day. Yes. Put your mouth in the water, baby. That's a hee-haw kind of day. Look how fat this thing is. Look, fellas. Damn donkey. This guy, I don't remember if we've seen this video or not before, but... So, yeah, this dude ate it. You know who this guy is? He's one of those dudes that uh, fly through the forest oh, going right. like 50. Yeah. yeah, well, he finally hit something. Yeah, I, I scrolled through this. See what happens if he hits something. Yeah, I scrolled through this dude's videos. He had one of these John boats with like a 90 tiller on it. So, yeah. Just. Did the, you do that race over the dudes up on the front? Like, see that? Well, apparently, they didn't work too well. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's cool. Oh, no! Well, you get to reuse that live bait. Yeah. Spike just comes up and tries to smoke this live bait. The dude scoops it out of the water. Uh, oh, I saw this one today. I've never seen that. Nothing beats that sound. And that's the static drag, too. That's the best sound to drag. Things getting smoked. Literally. the Midwest tuna fishing. Yeah. I think it was a big steelhead or a salmon. I think it was a big uh, coho or, or cake there, but I can't remember. Yeah. There's literal smoke coming off of that bitch. Yeah, yeah. It's it's giant smoke. Big on like a 2500 series reel. Oh my god. Jesus. Oh, this is just some nightmare fuel. Yep, don't know why you do that. Just imagine falling into that. You're dead immediately. <coughs> oh, that was... This is a dude wiping out on a motorcycle. Who <laughs> wants this supposed to be? A, do you want to watch it? It's yeah. It's actually hilarious. First off, he's listening to Elvis. He's doing the typical Harley thing where he flies around acting like a jerk. You know those things where you're like, does the music keep playing after a car accident? Oh, God. <laughs> wait, wait for it. Wait for it. Yes, it does. <laughs> Talk about the most embarrassing thing you do. Wipe out on your motorcycle with Elvis playing a full blast. Good job. Mm. Um, yep. Oh Just God. some giant whales breaching in the black background and people ruining the shot. Good stuff. Start that one over here. Oh, wait, you're by the supply. Yeah. Just walking by. Just walking by. These whales. Just not paying any attention to these massive whales yeah. off the beach. Yeah, they're like breaching oh, in there. 
We saw them do that once at Virginia Beach, like in the summer. It was a yeah. big humpback whale that was in the area. They biologists like went out there and studied it for a while. Well, it's good to see that there's still living whales in the ocean, giving yeah. everything's happening. Yeah, it's like whales are washing up all the time. It's ridiculous. Acre came loose. Noah's back here shitting. Acre came loose. Dude's taking up. So that's good. I'm just trying to get some late season this, back this is here. Good the only one. problem is the shoreline's uh, fucking melted. So uh, we're just going to do a leap of faith here. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good stuff. This is William, a oh, random guy that cool. I met on the water. He pulled up to my boat and I asked him, hey man, you want to try to catch one? Yeah. So I tied his boat up to mine and helped him yet? hop on. Yeah, that's pretty good. Still got a little bit left for old man. There you go. <laughs> Within the first three minutes of us fishing, he ended up hooking into the biggest fish of his life. <laughs> Did you get him? <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> 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 oh my gosh. This is by far the best moment I have ever had. It's pretty this cool. Is William a random yeah, guy? Man. Yeah, you sent me that. Yeah, I sent you yep. that. Golfer catfish ate an arowana that was twice the size. Yeah, good stuff. I, I told Gary he had the new idea of a new lure, and he had built it because he had a mold ballpoint pen. And he stuck it which in the mold. Which I never realized. That's how he did it with the ballpoint pen that he originally made the mold out of. And he handed me one, and I said to Gary, Gary, I'm a professional fisherman, and I've been asked to evaluate a lot of lures in my day, but I'm going to tell you right now, if you come out with this stupid-looking lure, it's going to kill your, your company. It's just the worst, ugliest, nastiest-looking lure I've ever seen in my life. Right. I said, don't bring yeah. it on the market. They think yeah. It's not going to sell. Coming <laughs> from the Gary, guy that made the helicopter lure. lure. Yeah. It's only the biggest bass fishing lure. I never realized that it's literally like the exact same shape as a ballpoint pen. Yeah. Dude almost gets smoked by a shark, so it was good. Right there, did you see it? Yeah. Okay, cool. Let's see. So the good news is you earned some points and moved up uh, in that direction, but I don't, I don't know if it's going to be enough to keep we'll you inside the cut. One. Oh, no, it ain't going to keep me there. I'm just happy I remembered how to catch a bass today after yesterday. I wasn't for sure catching six pounds. But I know that tequila and some tin cup last night got me right. I didn't stay out till 2 o'clock, but we wasn't too far from her. <laughs> so... That's a professional athlete. <laughs> what if I told you the Japanese? No, this mafia and we'll end on this one. This is actually pretty cool. Fishing. All right, here we go. What if I told you oh, the Japanese mafia from the mafia? Yeah, yeah. Bass fishing. In 1925, businessman Tetsuma Akobashi smuggled bass into the country with the help of the Japanese Yakuza. In the years right. since, the bass proliferated, as did their popularity. Bass mania was born. Companies like Daiwa, Mega Bass, and Lucky Craft popped up. And there's no arguing the Japanese do it better than anyone that? else. I mean, look I at these lures. What the fuck is that? Cool. <laughs> Somewhere down the line, Florida strain bass were brought over and giant bass soon followed, including this 22-pound, 5-ounce bass that actually beat the world record but counts as a tie because it wasn't 2 ounces bigger. Man, know how that feels. Cool. Yeah. Ouch. Yep. Can relate. Beat a world record, but it wasn't my 2 pounds. Apparently there's a bunch of F-bombs in that. Uh... Josh has some editing to do. <laughs> yeah, apparently. 
But anyway, that's our fish talk segment. If you uh, listen to that, you're an idiot. I don't know. You need to watch it on YouTube. <laughs> what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? If you're listening to that and you didn't fast forward and you're complaining about it, you're dumb. Uh, <laughs> no, seriously, watch it on YouTube. Um, so our topic for today's episode is going to be our, I guess, top five uh, bucket list fishing destinations or yeah. fish to catch or whatever. Yeah. Destination slash species slash experiences, I guess yeah. you could say. Yeah. Because um, like some of mine, I have five and then I have five honorable mentions. This is actually, I mean, I did it right before we started recording. This is actually kind of difficult for me because I don't necessarily categorize well yeah my thing is like for my top five i I wouldn't say that my top five and my honorable mentions are like a hundred percent well number one is number one and nothing will ever remove it Mm -hmm. but um like my honorable mentions and my two through five you could replace any one of them with an honorable mention it wouldn't bother me one yeah it's kind of right right like Like, having me pick most of these are so far out of the realm of possibility for me that it doesn't really matter that much but well i had to my top which you'll probably figure this out pretty quick but my top like one slash two is just something i'm saving till the very end because i'm pretty sure it's going to kill me due to the destination so that's just why that's Somalian <laughs> shark fishing. <laughs> Sierra Leone tarpon. Yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, but, yeah, so that's just, uh, I kind of had the same problem with this. So we have, like, five, like, ones on the list. I think I have prob- a couple that you won't have. Probably. And then, like, five more honorable mentions. So we'll just sort of spit all these and, and create the discussion and, um, uh, I'll let you go first. Just start listing off some of these honorable mentions you have. Um, honorable mention for me. Uh, it, these honorable mentions are in no particular order because I right. couldn't even come close to picking. Like, yeah. Um, British Columbia bull trout. Mm. Bull trout is one. Okay. The whole reason Josh is like, damn it, no, I want to no. do that. You, you do not know why I'm laughing right now. First thing that came to mind, SpongeBob SquarePants, the Alaskan The Alaskan Bullworm! That is the first thing that came to mind. I just, I don't know. That immediately popped into mind. This is the tongue, and the whole thing is the worm. Jesus. Harley's laughing because he knows that's exactly how it went, too. But, anyway, so, uh, so anyway, dumb. Alaskan bullworm, no, British Columbian bull trout. <laughs> oh, um, close enough. You know, just technically not a trout. It's one of the char species. I don't but, even know what they look like. Uh, I'm that fish species has never entered my thought. They're pretty freaking awesome. Let me see a photo of them. Hold on. Uh, but yeah, they're they're one of the largest char species. Uh, so like a cutthroat sort of. They look like a giant brookie essentially so splake yes giant bull trout okay show the camera so yeah kind of like a giant brook trout i mean all the char species look extremely yeah, similar very similar uh white you know white tips on their fins um like a brookie blended with like okay. a 
brown a little bit. Where would you go to catch that? British Columbia is where the biggest ones are. Mm, and yeah. it's one of the few places that doesn't have like a closed season. for. They do have a closed season, but they have a longer open season to fish for them. Okay. And, yeah, that's pretty much known. There's big ones in Idaho. Really? Yeah, I think I've heard of that now. But, like, Montana has them, but I think it's, like, 100% you can't, like, you're not supposed to target them, mm. one of those things, because there's yeah. not many of them. There's a few places in, in the country that have them, but they're, I mean, there's a few places that have big ones, but I think it's this kind of situation, like, you're not supposed to fish for Do them. Do they eat, like, bugs, or are they eating meat? They're meat, okay. like, pretty much exclusively. Everybody, a lot of these places in the country that have them, you do a float trip, Mm-hmm. You're floating for cutthroats, and then there's, like, a 10-weight rod in the boat with, like, an 8-inch solid white fly on it. It's like, oh. Interesting. When we get to a spot that might have a bull trout, we're going to throw that. Okay. And gotcha. It's essentially musky fishing, but they don't break your heart because they're not super picky. Mm. They're top predator in the ecosystem. So, okay. that's an honorable mention. Yeah. I think, I mean... I, I struggled with this one because honestly, in my heart, it should be number one on my list, but I couldn't put it above some of these other ones that are a little bit harder. But the tarpon, yeah, I I want to put it in my heart. That's the one. That's I need to catch that before I die. The other yeah. ones, like if I never catch a a well, that's or one whatever. of like your top five saltwater sport fish on the planet. Yeah, it's just. Reading Lords of the Fly, and then going to Key West with Harley and like spending a week down there and hearing about how it used to be in the seventies and like getting that nostalgia for something that you I never participated in. Well, I mean, look Just, at like one of the Lefty Craze quotes. He said the three sport fish that every fisherman should catch before they die is a tarpon, mm-hmm. a bonefish, mm-hmm. and Atlantic salmon. Okay. That was the three out of every fish in the world that Lefty Cray has caught. That was the three he said are the three everyone should catch before they die. Yeah. It's just so, being that's that, obviously glowing reviews for a tarpon. Yeah. I mean, I've tangled with them back in 2017. I hooked into six big ones up in Pensacola with our buddy Marty Mood, and every one of them broke my heart. And then I really haven't put forth enough effort since then to really like be in the same arena yeah. with them i went back to pensacola a couple times bad timing just i haven't been in the same ballpark with a big one really since then it's just since then i've read lords of the fly three four times it's like my th- it's i say i read it i listen to it on audio audible audible it, i i listen to it while i'm fishing so it's just a good thing to like get you psyched up but that and just being in Key West and the vibe of everything. I don't even care if I catch my tarpon in the Keys. I just need to catch one so I can feel like I'm not a poser. Because, like, I want to be a Do part you have of like it. a bit of, like, 100 pounds or bigger? Yeah, as big yeah. as you can get it. I mean, I, I don't want, I've caught small ones, like yeah. the, the Everglades well, ones. Well, those are, like, literally babies. Yeah, like 10, 15, 20 pounds. I mean, like, what maybe. would you get? Like, 100 pounds, a 100 pounder would be a success? Hundred fifty pounder. Yeah, yeah. It's got to be. I mean, like everything else. I need. I mean, one fifty is not like out of the question. I mean, they're that's, no, that's they're they're down easily there. obtainable yeah. down there. Not you know what I mean. Uh, I I look Hooking at it, into that fish is yeah. not crazy. I don't to think about. look at the weight so much. I look at the length. I don't want a yeah. six footer. Like I want a seven, seven footer. Yeah, yeah, I want a giant one. Like six footer. It's like catching a six foot alligator guard. It's a lot. A lot yeah. of the same. Like. 
catch a six foot alligator gar, it's like cool. Like I caught like a trophy alligator gar or what? Yeah. You know, but it's like you really didn't know. like seven eight footers where it's at. That's when you yeah. can really be like super proud of it. So if <laughs> I don't know, I in my heart that's number one on the bucket list, but it's just honorable mention. It's like that's like probably the most obtainable one on the bucket list. I know list that's too. why I couldn't. It has to be an honorable mention. Yeah, the bucket that's list. like how a lot of my stuff went too. I don't know. Like, I have stuff in my honorable mentions that could easily be on the bucket list, but I have something else in the bucket list yeah. that's, like, the same style of fishing. So I was like, eh, yeah. I would rather do this one more. Like, yeah. It was really, like, splitting hairs, but separating some of them. So uh, just grab another one from my honorable mention list. Uh, Papa New Guinea Black Mass. Yeah, I thought about that. I didn't include yeah. it. That's I, To anyone that doesn't know, Papa New Guinea Black Mass, they're uh it's the only place in the world you can catch them. They're uh, species. They're basically, I don't know if they are or not, but they look exactly like a Kubera snapper. Yeah. That is just stuck in fresh water. I mean, they're, I, I, from what I understand, they are a black bass species. They're the largest black bass species. Pound per pound, they say they're one of the hardest fighting fish on the planet. Um, if you want to see some just incredible footage of them, look up that guy, uh, Gog Lee, mm-hmm. on on uh youtube gog lee l-e-i yeah l-e-i might be gog lie g-o-n-g-l-e-i gong i'm pretty sure it's pronounced gong lee yeah i think it is but anyway he's got some unbelievable footage of him fishing for black bass i mean just throwing wood choppers like the dude's a murderer anyway man everywhere he goes he catches didn't he hook into that giant yellow cheek yeah he's got a bunch of yellow cheek videos i didn't even think about putting that on i didn't put them on there but they would be the next honorable mention they're just a cool fish given our current relations with china i don't know if we'll ever get to do that yeah but But, um but yeah they're they're just a wicked looking bass species they make pound per pound probably the most violent topwater bites you've ever experienced um, at one point, while Lefty Cray was still alive, he said they were not truly catchable on a fly rod by typical fly fishing techniques. Yeah. I think some people have done it, but you look at the guy's success that go over there, and there's videos of guys catching them on fly rods where they cast into a brush pile, mm-hmm. hook them, and wrap the fly line around a cleat on the <laughs> boat and pull them out. Yeah. Because they, the thing is, if your bait gets... They're similar to a peacock bass in the state. Like, they're inches from the structure yeah if your bait gets five feet from the structure mm-hmm. and you haven't got a bite you pick it up yeah but that's the problem is they eat it and there's that little half second delay with a fly rod and then it's like oh and he's in it yeah like that that's black bass didn't make it on the list for me because peacock bass did yeah so those those it's a lot of the same of what you're yeah. describing you're fishing for these peacock bass with these big rapallo i like, mean they're essentially birds. the exact same style of fishing yeah the and peacocks they're crushing rushing i think i just like the peacocks because they're like a prettier fish yeah. and, and they I get think, wet they get bigger yeah yeah so that that was to tie into yours that was one of my arm honorable yeah. mentions i think but um Let's see. My next honorable mention. Another big one for me is the the halibut up in Alaska. Yeah, they didn't make my list, but they I thought about them. Yeah. My problem with the other thing, why some things didn't make my list, is because I don't want to devote a whole trip to a fish that I just feel like isn't going to take that long. If yeah. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense, like yeah. I don't want to devote a week long trip to Alaska for just halibut. Yeah. If that if you get what I'm saying. Yeah. That I don't know. May, it's 
it's just one of those things like I feel like I need to do is like a self-proclaimed. Yeah, like Harley and I were talking about that while you were in the shower when I got here. Um, Alaska didn't even make my honorable mentions or my top five. And it's not because I don't desperately want to go to Alaska. Right. It's just like when you go to Alaska, what do you fish for? Trout, salmon. The only species that is really crazy ah, out of this world is halibut. Yeah. But like trout, trout, salmon, grayling, all that kind of stuff. That's great. I know the fishing for those species in Alaska is the best you're going to have in the entire United States. Yeah. But it's like a destination trip yeah. for fishing that I feel like mainland U.S. has fishing for all of those species just about. Yeah, that's somewhat comparable. Like I'm not, I'm not trying to shit on Alaska. Like I desperately <laughs> want to go to hey, Alaska. Alaska. I'm just saying this is take a hike. This is like the top ten things yeah. I would do before I die. Alaska's like number eleven. Okay, well, that was a little harsh. No, I know what you're saying. The only reason the halibut is on there is because. I keep seeing these photos of like, oh yeah, three and four hundred pounders, yeah, and the like, like guys floating in the life suit in the water yeah, next to you wouldn't like, do that. Oh, I'd do it. No, why? You in deep dark black water, you ain't doing that. I have nothing left to live for, so I yeah, I, guess, I don't care. I guess when you want to die, <laughs> <laughs> are we so, bluefin tuna in, in the eastern northeast of the United States shark infested? Yeah, I guess no. a sleeper shark isn't going to come up and no. smoke you while no, you no, sit no, next no. to the to the no. halibut. No, I I I would do that. I. I'm I'm not gonna do the Goliath grouper thing because I feel like you'll get your leg ripped off by a bull shark. Yeah, that's. I'm surprised more of those grouper don't get smoked. I'm surprised more people don't get smoked. Yeah, that true. is like a sketchy thing to do. But uh, but yeah, just I keep seeing these photos of this giant howl that I want to do it so bad, and it's like it's difficult because it's not. I don't know if DIY options exist given for halibut. The, mm-hmm. Because you kind of have to have, like, a pretty solid boat set up. That, and I'm pretty sure, like, the boating situation in Alaska is a little... I'll, I don't think you could be out of state and, like, I don't know. show up and pilot a boat. Like, that I don't kind know. of thing. It's, well, it's... The problem is it's kind of an in-between thing, because it's not like one of the Amazon trips where, like, you have no option. you got to go with a guy. Yeah. My brain goes, I bet I could drive to Alaska and, like, fit... Well, the yeah. other problem is, like... Some of the kayak dudes we know are promoting the Alaska like um, lodging thing. Yeah. I mean, there's guys who catch halibut in Alaska in kayaks. It's like four thousand dollars to go to one of these. Li- I don't need fancy dinners. I was looking a- two nights ago. My number one is cheaper than that. That's what I'm saying. My number one is I'm, cheaper. I'm than pretty that. sure mine will be too. It's like four grand to get because it's the conversion rate that screws it because you're still in America. Yeah. So. It's just like going all the way to Alaska. Two dollar doesn't stretch as far where <laughs> you actually use the dollar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's like going and I don't know. It, I, it's not 100% like you have to use a guide. So I feel like it's just enough hope there that I would go and yeah. drive 3,000 miles and fail. But I don't know. It's funny. You remind me of something. I'm literally adding to my list as we're sitting here. I just thought of one that I completely forgot about. But what's your next honorable mention um you'd probably be surprised that it's not in the top five it's a uh, thailand giants naked yeah that's honorable mention that's one of my honorable mentions it's not because i don't desperately want to catch one it's just some of the other stuff on the list everybody's yeah. gonna be like oh okay yeah 
I saw. It's one of those things like giant snakehead are awesome. Like I yeah. watch videos of them all the time. Mm-hmm. I doubt a two days go by where I don't watch a giant snakehead video. But like the fishing is so similar to what we already do. Yeah, yeah it's bigger. Yeah, and the fish are way bigger. But like, I bet it it would be relatively affordable. Oh well, it is. I mean, <laughs> like, I've seen quite a few that are pretty. You probably do the whole thing for like less than twenty five hundred bucks. I've seen a few where it's a what was it? A week of lodging and fishing it was like seventeen hundred bucks. Yeah, five you know days funny? of fishing, seven days of lodge. My number two is probably the cheapest thing on the list. <laughs> so it's because you're gonna die. <laughs> like have a uh shellcracker. <laughs> no, 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 no. But yeah, giant no. snakehead made my honorable mentions as well. I. And it's on the honorable. This mention is like what I'm saying, though. Like honorable mentions, any one of my honorable mentions, you could put it. In, you could move any one of. Well, with the exception of my top two, you could move yeah. anything in my top five with an honorable mention. Yeah, I don't have to it. be talked into any of these. If you yeah. came to me tomorrow and said, "Hey, uh, let's go, giant snakehead," okay, when are we going? Yeah. Like, but yeah. yeah, if you had a gun to my head for any of these, and one of them was 500 bucks cheaper than the other, I would just go that one. It wouldn't bother yeah. me one bit. Yeah. Um. One of my honorable mentions is a bluefin. Yeah. Bluefin tuna. It's The common theme with mine is just what is the biggest thing that exists. Yeah. Bluefin, like those giant. I keep, the videos keep popping up on my TikTok where like guys are messing with the smaller tuna and they're like dangling them in this yeah. giant submarine yeah, those thing. those videos are nuts where they're pitching herring into the water and a eight foot long tuna just appears yeah. out of the black yeah. and eats it. Yeah. It's it, their to eye see, is like the size yes. of a dinner plate. And to know yeah. that that exists out there somewhere is just nuts. But well, I like all those underwater videos in like the Gulf mm-hmm. where you see them swimming around the base of the oil rigs yeah. and stuff. And yeah. They're just huge. Yeah, it's nuts. But that one isn't um... – my computer keeps acting dumb. I don't know why it does that. That one isn't uh, such a – that's probably the lowest on my list I'd say. Like, yeah. that one, take it or leave it. It's just something I... The thing I, is, we have, like, some people we could probably call and if we really, like, wanted to do that. Yeah. It's just, like, the money thing. I know the fuel for that's a lot. Well, I mean, like, it's one of those things, like, if you're going out there to catch one, I mean, a lot of people could go out there and catch a decent bluefin, but, like, these huge ones you see people catching, like... Most people aren't pulling all that thing all day by themselves. Like, yeah. You, you're hooked up to that thing five, six hours. Like, you'll have four or five people on the boat. Everybody's got a turn. Yeah. It, it's kind of a team. They're 100% a team effort fish. Yeah. When they get I mean, that we big. Could probably talk Andy into it. I don't know if he'd take his boat. Can you catch him off of Virginia Beach? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, dude, there was a. I was when I was working Oregon at Bass Inlet. Pro, we had a period where they were catching them less than two miles out of Virginia Beach. Wow. The, the I, striper guys were getting spooled on their, I like, pen 320s. That. Yeah, it was, like, 2012 or something. Yeah, they were complaining they couldn't hook them, and then they were going out. People were buying 80 wides from us and then bringing them back, like, four days later, <laughs> unspooled and broken. Yeah. Like, guys just didn't know how to operate the reels and were getting lit up. There was a big run of bluefin that year. Yeah. I can't remember exactly what year it was, but it was, like, right when I started working there. Yeah. it That is definitely something I'd like to take advantage of. I saw that, too. Spit flew out of my mouth. Did you see I didn't that? see it. Okay, I saw it. Good job highlighting the it. Like, the like, I know. But yeah, that's <laughs> that should have probably been my honorable mention. But I think it's one of those things that kind of like flew under the radar because yeah. I, I feel like it's 
that's not like super unobtainable. I don't know. Yeah, and it's just it's also one of those, like I said, it's one of those deals where it's like I can kind of that is probably one of the only ones on the list I sort of I don't have the enthusiasm for that like I do yeah. the rest of them. But uh, next honorable mention is uh, Labrador Brookies slash Arctic Jar trip. like Maine. Um, North, Labrador, like Canada. Yeah, like but that's Arctic more, north stuff. of Maine, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, I guess it's those big, like is. five to eight pound, twenty inch class wild brookies. Is that that one where we watched the dude's canoe through it or something? Uh, I mean, they've There's they've like got a, big, a bunch of pretty much everywhere up there. You like float plane in, and you're in these small bodies of water yeah. and rivers and catch them. I think I watched a video. You might have. I mean, like five me. pound brookies don't even turn your head up there. Like, like flew in with a canoe and like floated through or something. They might have. I'm I, not sure. But I remember. Yeah. You catch them right next to Arctic Char at certain times of the year mm-hmm. and stuff up there. And Arctic Char, you know, they're cool. They're yeah. crazy looking. So like you'll catch a bunch of silver ones. And you catch one that's like highlighter orange. So I um. David just did a podcast with this guy Andrew Bunker yeah. who lives up there. Yeah. So I he, he explained it that. I think the ones that are coming in are red. The ones that are going back out to the sea are silver. It's like their color changes after they yeah. drop or something. Well, the weird thing is if you fillet an inbound fish that's coming home. Yeah, I heard him say that the meat's two different colors. Like it'll, or the meat of an inbound fish is a different color than the meat of an Yeah, so fish. it's, they have the pigmentation. So like, an inbound fish that's coming to spawn will be red, but the meat will be white. And then when they're on the way out, the meat is red and, and they're the silver. So it's yeah. like they have that – they flip the pigmentation. It's just a weird thing. Yeah. But yeah, I've thought about that stuff I, briefly. Like that's one of the ones and, that's more about the experience. I mean, great. I love brook trout. So like yeah. a big seven-pound brook trout, would, I would lose my mind. Yeah, and they catch them on like mouse flies and stuff, like just silly stuff. Yeah, so yeah. like that that would be awesome, but that's still another like experience. I mean, you're at the top of the world. Mm-hmm. You're in. I mean, you're essentially in the Arctic Circle. Yeah. So that that was just one of those. That was more experience than necessarily the fish itself. Right. My only problem with <laughs> going north is it's just. Even when it's warm, it's cold. Yeah, it's like fifty degrees all year. Yeah, it's, luckily this is a sub. That's a summertime thing. Yeah, summer season, but still, it's like fifty. You're gonna get smoked by mosquitoes by a polar shit. bear. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, or the the hybrids. Revert, they got those growler bears up there. Revert back to that jumping in the ocean thing. Yeah, polar bear takes me out. I'm fine with it. Um, one of the ones that I added to the list as we were talking was Australia. More specifically, Murray Cod and Bear Monday. Yeah, they I didn't, completely make, they didn't forgot. make my honorable mentions or my list. Murray Cod were up there. I thought about them, and it is one of those things. Like I, I would, I wouldn't necessarily travel for either one of those species, but mm-hmm. when you say both of them, yeah, like if I'm going to Australia, I'm catching both of them. Yeah, I don't know if they're necessarily close together, but I don't know. The Bear Monday are cool. They look like sort of Nile perchish, but. The, the the Murray cod is just they seem like they just smoke everything. They look like a little Goliath group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're not or like just a a shiny obese largemouth. Yeah. Like they're crazy looking. Like a largemouth and a Goliath group are crossed. But that and and in that same vein, the Australia thing, they have this giant uh sawfish over there, I think or guitar fish. Yeah. Guitar fish and sawfish. So just going to Australia. And in you general, can catch uh, one of the other ones that 
almost made it. Um, the other one was like Dubai to catch queen fish. Which I don't know if you've ever seen them. I th- is that like a big lady fish? Uh, they look like a Spanish and a bluefish. I think I, I think I've seen. They're, them. they're I mean, long, right? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. They got a jack tail. Yeah, I think um, I. S- but like you can catch those in Australia too, so you could possibly just loop Australia into one destination and have yeah. like a crazy species yeah. week. Because yeah, here's queen fish. They're pretty cool, but that's in Dubai. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm thinking of milkfish. No, milkfish <laughs> look like a giant grass carp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're like weird. Lo- they're long though. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, if you don't know what a queen fish is, there you go. You can probably get a decent view. They they essentially look like a big Spanish mackerel, but like the front third of their body looks like a bluefish. That made your top five. Uh, no, that oh. that didn't make it. Oh, but what okay. I was saying was they. That was part of the reason why Australia was like hovering there because I was like, man, yeah, I don't desperately want to catch a Murray cod. I don't mm-hmm. desperately want to catch a barramundi or a queenfish. But like right. the fact that I could go to one place and catch all three, yeah, that would like put it into my honorable mention. Right. I just have one more honorable mention left. Um, you? Yeah, just go ahead and yeah. So touch. the other one, this is one that anyone other than my top two. The only reason this one got bumped out of my actual top five was because I feel like it's the only species I could catch when I went there, and there's not much else to do. Wells cats in France on top water. Yeah. Yeah, that that entire thing made my list. It was, dude, it was in my list until we came into the room. <laughs> well, it's not, it. we'll expand on it when we, yeah. when so, we hit. So, honorable mention for me, but like I said, I cannot stress this enough. That's not that did not miss the top five. It just got shuffled. Yeah. Like well, we'll we'll touch on it in a sec because that yeah. is in my my top five. So, all right, breaking into the top five, <clears throat> and these were these. The main events. Let's get ready to this riveting podcast you all have been listening to so far. We all got, eight of y'all listen up <laughs> we got it we have to you have to have red bull before if you're gonna do this fasting thing because one of us has to have some energy yeah. and i'm fat so i don't think it's gonna well, be i can big. have water during the fast i can't have red bull <laughs> okay well yeah, i'm fasting but i drank this crack cocaine can you have adderall <laughs> <laughs> if it dissolves <laughs> next time grant comes to record just dump a bunch of adderall on the drink. <laughs> Anyway, um, number five. Any of these could be interchanged. I don't think we need to say any more. But number five for me, Golden Dorado. Blasphemy. Is that on your list? Yes. Okay. Well, I'll, is it higher than your number five? It is very high. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll let you. We'll uh, we'll skip it. Yeah. Any any of these? If we hit it before. We'll talk about it later. All right. Well, you do your number five, then. I don't think you're going to have this one. Number five, Timon in Mongolia. No. I... Not necessarily. Well, if you it's told... got to be Mongolia. You can catch them in other places. They're in Japan. Russia. But they're... Yeah, Russia. That's if, you. If you, you can definitely go to Russia right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, book a plane. You're not tonight. coming back. Yeah, book a you're, plane tonight. You go. You probably can't tell anyone you're going to Russia. You might have to fly to, like... India first. You can't even tell the Russians you're going to Russia. So. <laughs> you have to change your name in India, but you can get there. Yeah. No, but uh, Mongolian time, and just because of, like, 
they're just as big in Japan. Yeah. And the ones in Russia are just as big. Yeah. I think actually the Russian ones might be the largest ones. But the whole thing with the Mongolian thing, this is where I was saying the experience starts playing into the top five. Mm-hmm. You are days away from civilization. Yeah. You get dropped off at the river and your like native Mongolian people are taking literal musk ox yeah. 15 miles down river ahead of you and you're, you're setting up your yurts and you are you show up and they have everything set up but you are so far away from civilization well all those people are also your cousins because uh genghis khan true <laughs> you're probably like an eighth distant, of the world yeah. at one point in time yeah, it's like one or was <laughs> there's it, just some mongolian like dude that looks exactly like me 2.5 of the entire population is related to genghis khan there's some 300 pound bearded khan. correct Mongolian man out there that has a really shit. But yeah, if, if you don't accent. know what if you don't know what a taimen <laughs> is, it's the largest species of salmonid. So giant, mm. it's a giant rainbow trout. Seeing a lot of variety in your picks. Yeah. They're all salmonoids. Well, that's why the top five got shuffled. Okay. Um, but yeah, um, they grow to be like sixty inches long. Yeah, they're ridiculous. Harry yeah. Robertson caught a few before he passed away. He showed me some pictures of them. He said the craziest thing about Tymon is they don't have like a skeletal structure. He's like, you go to pick them up, it's like an eel. That's weird. He said they they're super insanely strong, but mm-hmm. like the way their skeletons built, he's like they're. That's why you don't ever see anybody hold them way out the water. They hold the head in the water and pick mm-hmm. the tail up okay. because if you try to pick them up, they just go like, bleh. They like probably die. It's because they're so long. Yeah. And, yeah, they're they're just one of those fish that's in ice-cold water its mm-hmm. entire life. They have no off switch when you hook them. Yeah. Still to this day, the coolest fishing clip ever filmed, that drone shot, yeah. the dude swimming the fly, that was a timing. Yeah, okay. So, yeah. that. That's a no, solid pick. Number five. I, if you told me to buy a plane ticket tomorrow, I'd go do that. Yeah. That's legit. But that's one of those ones that's like... You're getting the full experience. Well, you're also like 25 Gs to do a time mm, trip. Might be going to Russia. Yeah. <laughs> I can afford hey, yo, the... Putin, how much you want me to pay for a time? I can afford the trip where I die at the end? Great. That's, yeah. that's It's only five grand to go to Russia, but you die. Yeah. So... Actually, uh, since the conversion rate, I think it's free to yeah. go there now. <laughs> yeah. My uh, number four is the Wells Catfish. Um, not specifically the float tube fishing for them, but I would like to do that. But I just want one of those, like... From what I've seen, the float tube isn't, like... They're not catching the biggest ones. I mean, he's no. caught some huge ones. But that like, is an experience thing. Yeah. I want the River Ebro 300-pound wells that yeah. look like... I want the ones that every time you log on to Facebook yeah. and they're like, look at this flathead under XYZ Dam. And it's that dude from yeah. Italy. I want Laying that wells cat. Yeah. yeah. I want the wells cat that everybody keeps saying is a flathead. Yeah. 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 But that that is my number four. The wells cat, we have some connections in like, France and Italy for these things, but Spain seems to have the giants. That video we watched where the guy drives by and catches all the lines. And oh, the, yeah. That's how they fish for them there. Gotcha. And if you watch one of Jeremy Wade's earlier like videos, they show it. You literally... So it's not like unlike alligator gar fishing. No, but it's like 
it's just it's it's everything about like the type of fishing you do with live bait, but it's upsize exponentially. So the way you catch these like three hundred pounders, you get up on a bluff, you put six or eight rods kind of in line. They're giant surf rods, giant like twenty thousand size spinning reels. Your bait is two pound carp, so they're taking these carp, which. It's funny because a lot of European anglers go to do this, but the European anglers also love carp. Love carp. It's the same it's thing like with alligator gar. One of their top three sport fish. Yeah, so they're fine with carp until it's time to catch something bigger. Yeah. But they literally take a little rubber dinghy or rubber raft and they paddle these baits out and drop them. And they, they just spread the river with them like that. That's why that guy got all of his lines caught at once. Because yeah. you're up on this bluff with your lines way out there. It's just seeing how that is done and just that style of just sitting and waiting with these huge baits out i don't know it just touches something in my brain that i yeah. i want to i really want to do that catching them in the float tube would be cool just to experience but those big ones and the way in which you go about catching them is really yeah or or the boats that have like the mini house like yeah. tent on it like they catch them so many crazy ways over there yeah. Like those dudes, they have a, a basically a Carolina skiff and they pitch a tent on it yeah. and they catch it. There's so many different ways to catch those wells. I don't know. But anyway, moving on. Um, number four for me uh, is those Mag Bay Marlin mm. that they catch. Uh, the Magdalena Bay. It's that new thing that's been going on the last like five years. Mm-hmm. A couple outfitters are down there. Um these marlins school up on sardine balls mm-hmm. they i think they're coming into magdalena bay to spawn right. and the reason they're there is because there's these giant like school bus size balls of sardines mm-hmm. and the, there'll be like 15 marlins swimming around them mm-hmm. and they are just so drunk off of eating these sardines that you could pull a panga up 20 feet away and cast a fly at them and hook them that reminds me these guys are catch. i mean these guys are catching like 15 a day on a fly rod. Did you see that guy that just caught the swordfish from land on a fly rod? I should have mentioned that earlier. Damn it. As far as anyone knows, it's the first time it's ever happened, too. Did you read about it? Yeah. So apparently... He thought it was a sailfish. Yeah, this guy was like wading the flats or something, and he saw this commotion. He threw his fly over to it, and it was like this it's i think it's a juvenile swordfish yeah I mean, it's not it's a huge just, one no. but he caught a swordfish in shallow it was water. like 100 plus pounds but still i mean it was yeah. a swordfish swimming on a flat yeah chasing bait in broad daylight yeah. which is yeah. i mean you'll never probably ever it's see like it again once in a billion okay. once in a lifetime but yeah anyway so mag bay marlin not only do you have the big striped marlin but you've got like huge mackerel species you've got Kudas, you've you, all these crazy yeah. fish, but the main thing is they'll pull up to these sardine balls or like ballyhoo balls, and mm-hmm. it'll just be twenty-five marlins swimming around at the circle, mm-hmm. and they're stupid as they're just dumb as a brick. You they're throw getting a fly, them on a fly rod, yeah. Wow. They're getting them on casting gear too. I mean, spinning reels, whatever. What like size are they? Um, I mean they're they're big. I mean, striped marlin aren't like a huge marlin. Oh, striped marlin, yeah. Okay. Let's see, Mag Bay. Marlin images. That reminds me that this did rooster. So here's fish? some like underwater pictures from Bag Bay. Oh yeah, I've seen that so, before. Yeah, just silliness. Like 
And I mean, the striped marlin are definitely, I mean, they're not little. Yeah. I mean, you get much bigger than that. You're not talking like realistically getting them on a fly. The only reason I'd ever, I mean, I'd love to be a millionaire, but that would be like one of the first things I would start doing is bill fishing. Because you need a ton of money to do it. But it's also, uh, they do them in kayaks too. That's ridiculous. That reminds me, um, that got me thinking about Los Buzos. Did rooster fish or any of that stuff make your list? Mm-mm. I just thought about it. The the black marlin that Adam Fisk caught from a kayak, I think it was That's like, the other thing. This is since this is technically the Pacific, it's on the western side of mm-hmm. Mexico. Mm-hmm. Um you have the chance at blues, blacks, and striped marlin. Yeah. Um most ninety nine percent of what they catch are striped. Yeah. But um they do occasionally catch a small black marlin, mm-hmm. and uh, blues are fairly common, too. Yeah. <clears throat> Sorry. So, that was my number four. I'm pretty confident in saying that was number four, but it could it could maybe be bumped up to three. Yeah. That's actually a fairly new thing on the scene. I mean, I'm sure it's been going on forever, but it's really jumped into the public eye in the past, like, five years. Yeah, well, that and that stuff at Los Buzos the same way. Like, it's just went nuts the past half decade it seems yeah. like these gi- literally world record rooster fish giant kubera snapper uh, black marlin i think they have goliaths it's just that's not necessarily a bucket list thing because i i could see myself yeah. like winding up there this year if you know everything went right but my let's see number three the gooch that didn't make my list but i thought about it that I had a problem with this one because I don't know how successful the trip would be because I only want to catch the one that looks like it would eat one of those people. They the problem is those ones that size are incredibly rare for right. whatever I said. Like right. Jer- the fact that Jeremy Wade caught one on camera and did yeah. that in a film, that's still by far the best episode of the whole yeah. show. Yeah. He, in one of his books, he talks about that catch and like, yeah, it was he, like the second largest one ever caught, wasn't it? It was up there. It's like a top five. Yeah, I it's know. definitely up there. But I I read one of his books on it, and uh, he tells the story about that fish, and it was it was one of those situations where they I don't think they were necessarily expecting that, yeah. and then he hooks it, and he real there's only one thing that size. Yeah, there's nothing else in the river. And that's... He realizes what he has, so he you know coming from a filming yeah, standpoint. From, I mean, the jumping in the river thing for it, like that was a hundred percent real. Yeah. Like, oh no. Yeah. So coming from the film mindset, hearing how he did this was hilarious. There was a swinging bridge up from him, mm-hmm. like way up from him, and he he had no. He had to do what he did. So he's like, I'm not losing this fish. He rips off his mic pack, rips off all this stuff, and he jumps in after it. And as he's swimming down with the fish, I think there was some, like, serious water below him, so he had to get across. As he's doing that, his cameraman, the guy that helped him land it, and the like producer and the guy that holds the boom mic they're sprinting up river crossing the bridge and sprinting back down to try to get to him to get this shot they all thought he was like dead because imagine that like we're all the way into where are they they're in india aren't yeah, they it's yeah it's the himalayas i'm pretty yeah, so you're sure. in the himalayas yeah and you're probably hundred thousands of dollars worth of budget yeah and you're out here and you're like our our 
actor died. <laughs> yeah, our talent is dead. <laughs> Not only did he die, he did it himself. He but, ripped all his stuff off and went and jumped in a river. Well, so the funny thing about that, too, is literally he came very close to losing that fish. And as he's, like, in the getting it close to shore, his, like, guy that helped him, I don't know, not a Sherpa, but like their guide yeah. or whatever you want to call it. He like runs up and grabs it by the tail and they're like trying to communicate and neither one of them speak each other's language. It was just a giant cluster. But I think that like sold that show for the next 10 years, basically. I mean, that is still, there's, I mean, we've got a picture of that fish. There you go. I mean, there is nothing that's ever yeah, it's in terms insane. of how rare those catfish are of that yeah. size. Yeah, apparently it's not hard to go out there and catch ones like twenty pounds. No, so that that is where like this I mean, one really. Yeah, that's where, funny because they look like a giant tadpole. Yeah, <laughs> they're a catfish with legitimate teeth. That's which the is, shot that everybody likes to see right there. Freaking yeah, like, I mean, nuts. like. Alligator teeth. Yeah, it has legitimate backwards-facing teeth. But that I do have a problem with that because, like, I feel like it's so easy to pay an outfitter and go all the way out there and, one, not catch anything, or, two, there's a lot of those outfitters that, like, throw crankbaits and, like, catching 10-pounders on crankbaits. I don't know why that's such a popular thing to do. Yeah, it's not Jeremy Wade. That's one. Jakob Wagner. Yeah. I think he. I, I. If you look it up, I'll look it up right now. I'm pretty sure he has the. The uh, thing that, is, that one all, dwarfs the one Wade caught. Jeremy Wade. Yeah, caught. I think that fish is the all tackle world record. I'm. Pretty the crazy sure. thing is though, these fish are in the hip. Yeah, here you go. There's his. Yeah. I mean, that thing's bigger than he is. Yeah, it's nuts. Let's see, all tackle world records go. Yeah, there's. You know what they look like. They look like a giant pleco. Yep, like an armored catfish. They look like a giant pleco or pleco, however you say it. Pleco, yep. Let's see. I mean, the, they're just so wild looking, man. Every fin they have has that one bar, like one band that comes off like mm-hmm. a thread. Yep. And they're, I mean, you're in extremely cold water for 10 months out of the 12 months out of the year. They're not as heavy as what you think they'd be. That fish that you just showed me looks like it's a 300-pounder. Yeah. That guy, Jakob Wagner, <clears throat> caught that fish in 2009 on the River Ramganga. I know I'm pronouncing that wrong, but it was in India. It's 165 pounds, 5 ounces. Yeah. That fish looks bigger than I mean that's not that far from our world record blue cat and that fish yeah. looks way bigger than that yeah they must just it's, be built a little different like the way they I don't know they taper down real skinny at the tail Bagarius I mean, look at the Yarelli. head on those things dude yeah it's ridiculous um but th- that makes my list but it's that I would have to have it in writing somewhere that we would be trying for, like, the big ones. Yeah. I don't want to go over there and fish some preserve and catch 20-pounders. Yeah, because from what I understand, they're not even, like, close to being, like, an endangered species or anything. There's billions of them, but they're all tiny. Yeah. And for well, every 500 you catch, one of them will be a decent one. It's the same problem where we have with, like, the alligator gar, where everybody's like, oh, they're never, they're ne- they're never going to go extinct. Yeah. You're probably you're right. Killing the big you're breeders. killing the gene pool. Yeah. Those seven and eight footers you're shooting with a bow, they take years to get yeah, to 20 sexual plus maturity. years to get to that size. Right. And it's the same thing with those gooch. Like, 
there are big ones, but they harvest them. So all that's really left is like the small dudes. So yeah. I don't know, but that's my number three. It's up in the mountains of India. It'd be super amazing to do. I would do it at the drop of a hat, but I wouldn't need to trust. Like I'd need somebody to go there first and tell me that the outfitter's legit because I don't yeah. want to go unless we're shooting for something. And like you know, that. it's gonna be a twenty, thirty thousand dollar trip. To I actually, do don't probably. think it's that expensive. Well. The, the plane gotta, ticket. Yeah. The plane ticket. But <laughs> I, I given, guess you're right. That style of fishing and stuff, it's probably not crazy expensive. It's not. But it's like, a couple grand. you got to know what the outfitter's doing, too. It, it, your conversion rate. Yeah. That's always what it comes down to. The conversion rate of something like the rupee or whatever. The, yeah. I think it's rupee, or, rupee. I think it's what it is. Yeah. But the dollar to the rupee, I think's pretty good. So I don't think it ends up being very expensive on our end, but it's just yes. compare that to going to Australia. Well, conversion rate, it's uh, thirteen dollars yeah. to go there. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, I'm choking to that. Excuse me. That's if you want the presidential suite. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, slide down. Uh, my number three. I highlighted the peacocks and the Amazon specifically, but like. I just want to kind of say the Amazon as a whole, but that's not really fair because you have the farther up you go, you get to mm-hmm. Arapaima, Arowana, you got wolf fish. You got the Amazon is just, <laughs> that's been like a number one, number two, like destination since I've been fishing. That's your number what? That's my like number three. Okay, cool. Well, you can't talk about that. Okay. So you have to. We'll uh, bounce off of that when we get to it. Um, that that's a little bit higher on my list. So lame. Uh, but go to your <laughs> that was your number three. Go yeah. to your number two. The Seychelles. Mm, yeah, GTs. GTs and just like Harry Robertson told me a story about when he he he's been to Seychelles like four times before he passed away, and he mm-hmm. told me uh he told me one particular day uh you know you the Seychelles is a multi week excursion because you yeah fly to the most people fly to South Africa. And then you get on the yacht that mm-hmm. you're going to sail to the Seychelles to it in. Mm-hmm. And then you live off that yacht. That yacht has like five flats boats or pangas on it. And they take you all over the archipelago and you fish. Um, I think you have boat. armed security there too. Um, I don't know if the Seychelles. I'm pretty sure it's kind of dangerous. It might be at certain times of the year. but other Pirate people, season. Other people fly into the Seychelles yeah. though. The Seychelles has an airport. You okay. fly into the Seychelles and then the outfitter picks you up, but everybody yeah. says if you're flying into the Seychelles, you tack on like another five G's or whatever. It yeah. gets exponentially more expensive. But um, anyway, just the variety. You've got um, not just GTs, but I want a picture with one of the big bump head parrotfish. Yeah. yeah. They're just Those cool. Those things are cool. Um, the triggers. Um, if I went there, I would like to get like the Jack Slam, like get a GT, get a blue Trevally and a, and a, uh, what they call the golden trevallis mm-hmm. um i think the blue trevally look cooler than the gts gts are huge and they're crazy strong mm-hmm. but everyone says the same thing about blue trevallis they're like if a blue trevally grew to be as big as a gt they wouldn't be catchable what um what's the top end of a gt like 100 plus mm. okay. i mean look at a blue trevally though like they're yeah they're wicked cool. But they top out, at, I don't roughly know, but the biggest one I've ever seen is probably like 35 pounds. Yeah. It's um, funny because over here you catch a Jack Creval, which, yeah, it's sick. You catch a Jack Creval, 
like a big one. It's not that much different than a GT, but over yeah. here they're like trash. And over they also there, um, like, the Seychelles. It's not like one of the destination fish that people go for, but they have those coral trout. I think aren't they like six different colors or something? They're like insane rainbow fish. Yeah, I don't even know how to yeah. describe like. The markings on don't even look real. Oh, that's not what I'm thinking. I think the parrot fish is what I'm Yeah, thinking. you're probably thinking of parrots. But, like, coral trout, they come in a variety of colors. But, like, they're one of those fish that their markings are neon colors. Yeah. So it looks like you – they look like a cartoon. Yeah. Um, And then you got triggers and GTs, obviously. But Harry told me, he said one particular day he wasn't feeling that great. And he asked one of the guys, like, you know, you pretty much – when you're out there, you have one guide for every two anglers. And a couple guys, one guy wanted to stay on the boat and rest for the day. And Harry was like, yeah, I'm not feeling super great, but I'll go out for the morning and I'll just come back and rest this evening. And he said, well, hey, can you take me over to that island? Like you could see the flat from the boat. And he said, I want to fish around that rock reef. And he's like, mm-hmm. okay. So they dropped him off on the rock reef and it wasn't rocks. The reef moved when they got there. It was just like 10,000 bonefish wow. just covering the flat. He said he caught 35 before lunchtime. It was done. The inherent problem with... And then you got Indo-Pacific Indo, uh, Permit over there, too, which is yeah. pretty cool. But the inherent problem with all of this is you basically have to save up your entire life to do something like this. And then you do it once, and it's over. And it's like, well, unless you hit the lottery or you get hella money from somewhere, you're not going to be able to do it again. Yeah. So that's kind of the part about all this that sucks. That's the thing with the Seychelles is, like, I mean... I know if I went, I would want to go back. But, like, out of all the trips, that's, like, my number one and two. I feel like if I went once, I would have caught enough fish to be, like... You got to hope you, like, hit a home run so you don't have to come back. I I just feel like the fishing is so good in both of those destinations that even a miss hit is still going to be, like, a phenomenal trip. Yeah, that's kind of the way I feel with these. It's, like... You either have to hit a home run and, like... That's kind of how the Amazon was, too. It's yeah. like... You got to hit a home run and that, like, scratches the itch and you can say you're done you never to go back. Or you do that and then you're like, mm, got to get some more of that. Got to go back. Yeah. So it could go either way. But my uh, number two is Goliath Tigerfish. Yeah, they, they were consideration. The reason why it's so high on the list is I feel like if I go to do it, I'm gonna die. Yeah. So it's I'm saving that Either towards the weather, the, the weather, the climate, the, just in general. The the 195 degrees every day. Yeah. And the part where you could get kidnapped. Yeah, that's so, a problem. Yeah. The other side about that. Are you the demographic that they're trying to kidnap? <laughs> I don't know if they can lift me. So, <laughs> just sit down. No. You gonna, weigh... Come get me. They're in Africa, right? Yeah. So, I'm like five... Fourteen of them. Yeah. So, relax. <laughs> relax. That's not... No, it's... The no, areas it's, are fairly legit. It's, Dave and I were looking into this. All those places where you have to, like sort of assimilate with a native tribe for the week. I'm not saying you can't go with a lodge, but like all the places, all the things how to describe it, all the shows that take you to go fish for tiger fish, they're like, oh, I hung out with this native tribe for like four days. I'm like, that's 
only so much of that is real. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I know what you're saying. Like, no, these are like most of these places are English speaking. Oh, you're not. You're no, not like Tigerfish Lodge. Yeah, you're like, not I've in the middle that. of nowhere. But David and I got looking Problem into is this. Once you leave the lodge, right? It's <laughs> very much like Mexico, and if you get outside of the resort area. We're not coming to help you. Problems. Yeah. So Dave and I looked into it. Um, it's actually not expensive. Like you really? can stay at one of these lodges in, jeez, um, where is it? I can't remember right now. But you can stay there for a week for like seven hundred fifty bucks, mm-hmm. and it's not. It's like a. It's a hut like, like um, like a pole. One of the building, like yeah. a stilt building, but it's legit. There's there there's all the amenities there. You're right down the road from like like you can DIY this if you really wanted to. Um, I think it's just down from Victoria Falls. It might be Zimbabwe or something like that. Mm-hmm. But if you cross the river, you're dead. So that that was I talked to a guy that did it and he very much told me not to go off of the property. So you're that's one of those ones where it's like there's perceived yeah. danger and then there's actual danger. Like And is this the one that was like almost sheer death or is number one sheer death? No, this is the this gotcha. is the dangerous one. The other one you can probably guess what it is, yeah, but I know what number one for you is. But Goliath tigerfish, they get big, they have giant teeth, they jump, they're like gnarly, crazy. right? And it's like in the world of monster fish anglers, it's like top of the list. But yeah. there's this guy I follow that lives there and like guides for them, and this dude has like lesions on his skin and like Ugh. boil, like they're the par- parasites no, are nothing to mess with. Yeah. This dude has like bot flies and shit. <laughs> he, he's in rough shape, but but um yeah, just from like a danger standpoint of like what I, when I'm gonna be risking the most. That's, that's political socio danger as yeah, opposed to environmental yeah, danger. Yeah, too. if anybody were to successfully kidnap me, I'm screwed because we don't have any money. So yeah, but um yeah. that's my number two. I don't. It's just something I hope I do before I die. Uh, I'd love in, in another Jeremy Wade inspired thing. He went to Africa for like a month. The Congo, I think, is where he got his. But yeah. giant one, same deal. Yeah. But um, anyway, what's yours? Uh, number one, nothing will ever dethrone it. The Golden Dorado. Yeah. Yeah. Been number one forever. Um, yeah. Saw that video, Devil's Gold, like mm-hmm. 15 years ago, and have wanted to do it ever since. Had a trip lined up with Harry, and then he passed away. Yeah. Yeah. Got, the thing was, is I was, like, second in command on the trip. You know, mm-hmm. I was, we were essentially the hosts, I guess you could say. Yeah. And Harry, I'd been tying flies for him for trips for going on, like, eight years, and I was graduating high school, and... Like, okay, hey, you know, I got, you know, Harry was a really good friend of mine, and he said, Here's what I'm going to do. You know, got this lodge that's courting me. Mm-hmm. It was actually Iberia Lodge where our buddy Corey's getting ready to go to. Well, Same exact lodge. Well, was. was. Sorry, Corey. It sucks that it got canceled, but that is the well, issue. I got postponed. Yeah, postponed. But, yeah, but that's um, rough. Anyway, yeah, so it was that lodge. Um, 
they were courting Harry because Harry had a great reputation of being able to get Apollo trips together every year. And they gave Harry just a stupid deal. It was stupid cheap. And Harry said, hey, I don't fly Delta anymore. I got all these miles. Take them. Right. Um, We were going to fly separate. We had everything already figured out. Right. We were flying to Buenos Aires separate. We were staying in Buenos Aires a day, and they'd go. Right. Everything was lined up. Harry was on his way back from fishing to Brazil and passed away in Buenos Aires. Crazy. Rough. Yep. Yeah, that is Definitely 100%. Anybody that knew Harry, anybody local that's listening to it, um, I told many people this out of all the times I've met Harry, anybody that's ever known him, he had to pass away to sleep. Because death was not going to take him when he was alive. Yeah. <laughs> death would not come after him when Harry was alive. He was too much of a pain in everyone's ass. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, that's, um, that's back to the Dorado. It's just, they're just one of the most incredible fish on the planet. Yeah. I mean, he he had been four or five times to different places to catch yeah. them. They're unbelievably powerful. You can catch them a variety of ways. You can catch them in marshes from flat skiffs. Mm-hmm. targeting schooling fish they're beautiful fish like yeah. fluorescent yellow they're a species of piranha yeah um they're, they're they're just crazy i mean you can catch them in these unbelievable what look like trout streams yeah. hundreds of miles up a river that take you three days to navigate yeah. to get up there yeah and then you're targeting 30 pounders in 16 inches yeah. of water that's why it made my number five is those marsh fish because yeah. it looks so much like the marshes here it's like fishing Chickahominy Lake. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're out there. It's just, I don't know. It'd be cool to experience. I'm right there with you. Yeah. Either one would be awesome. Yeah, and but, then they, uh, the, the problem, he did tell me, when he was younger, he did the stuff in the mountains. Mm-hmm. And he said, you'll never do it again. He said, you'll do it once. He said, now the fishing is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. But he said, everything that's there, including plants, can kill you. Oh, <laughs> He's yeah. like, Every bug that's flying is poisonous. Every th- everything that's crawling can bite you and yeah. kill you. He's like, you have everybody has like multiple doses of stuff to protect you. He said, yeah. there's so much crap that can kill you. Waterborne illnesses that are a yeah. problem. It's 98 degrees every day, and if 200 percent humidity is possible, that's what you got. Yeah. And uh, and it's just hell to get there. He's like, you have to take a little itty bitty dugout canoe like four four different canoes yeah. with motors on them and you it's not just the guides like if you're doing this you are helping get this boat yeah. up the river for is four is that days. the one where they're like going up the rapids with oh, the, yeah. the, the boats are so long they like run up yeah. then they hop and out of the front everyone gets pulling. out the front starts pulling it they're like moving rocks out yeah. the river to slide the boat up and yeah. i mean it's it is he said it's legitimately like five of the worst days of your life, but the fishing is so good you don't care. Yeah. Or you could go to the lodge at the marsh and eat steak every night and swim in the pool in the middle of the day because it's so hot you just fish morning and evening. But like you could do it that way. <laughs> but you don't catch as big a ones. But the thing is, some of those lodges you have the option to go to that place below the dam yeah. where there's like those fifty pounders. That's and the stuff. ones that are where they're like coming out of the water and they're like, well, they're like around. fifty pounds. They can't even jump anymore. Yeah. They're just like, like whales trying. My to come brain out. tells me to go where you can almost die. That I don't know. I, it's well, all like, about the experience. The cool like, thing is that you've got the paku up there too. Yeah. yeah. Um, you've got uh, those leopard catfish are in the yeah. river. Mm-hmm. Um, 
that's at the upper side. They've got um, they've got these weird little freshwater stingrays that you mm-hmm. can catch on a fly. Like they'll swim over and like lay down on it and stuff. Yeah, they they've got some cool stuff up there. Mm-hmm. And the uh, but yeah, the Dorado or it's been number one forever, and yeah. it always will be. Yeah, like I I will go one hundred percent. And they no have doubt. teeth, which is yeah. like oh, they demolish everything. Yeah. It's if you if you're doing it on spinning gear. They only recommend plugs that have a through-wire harness because yeah. they just crack plastic mm-hmm. plugs. Yeah. Um, most guys bring, like, old, like, wood choppers and, mm-hmm. like, old wooden plugs. Yeah. Um, they're not particularly picky, but, like, flies. The flies I used to tie for Harry, he, he didn't want anything that didn't have synthetics in it. He's like, it needs to be synthetic because all natural material, like bucktail, bamboo, fe- oh, just, they just shred it. One yeah. fish is shredded. Yeah. You use, like, a little 8-inch piece of, like, titanium bite wire mm-hmm. and they'll even occasionally after like five fish you gotta retie that wow they're just <laughs> knife blades in their mouth yeah dude that's like starting the brand and like doing the podcast and doing the show and like all that i just hope it at some point facilitates the ability to do these things yeah otherwise we're doing it ourselves, and it's expensive but it's just i hope that Somewhere down the line, I have the ability to film that and fish that, and yeah, and I don't know, have my hand in that pot somehow. But we'll see. But yeah, Golden Dorado, amazing. Um, yeah, I mean that's just coming from Harry, who's fished for and caught just about every crazy species on the planet. He just yeah. said they are like a top five sport fish on mm-hmm. the whole planet. Well, and you can get them like a couple different ways, which is yeah. Cool. I mean, you you can really do it any way you want to yeah. do it. Yeah. But Golden Dorado made both of our lists, so I think that's easy to uh, understand why. My number one, it's going to be kind of an all-encompassing thing. You know what it is. It's the Amazon with Arapaima at yeah. the top of the list. Yeah, there. that's but, where I, like I had Amazon with peacocks, but then mm-hmm. while I was thinking about it, I'm like, but you got wolffish. It's literally written down right here. Yeah. Wolffish. Lao Lao, which is the Paraiba. Are uh, they... Are the Lao Lao the ones that are really rare? No. Or really hard to target? No. They're not? No. They're the, they're the biggest catfish species it's, ever, I think. Yeah. It's it's the ones the guys are out there Do fishing they get with. bigger than those Mekongs? Well, no. They're, Mekongs, I don't think, are predatory. I think they're gotcha. eating grasses and stuff. But Paraiba are... But Lao Lao to Paraiba are the same thing. Yeah, I yeah. think Paraiba is like the English name or whatever, you know. The, yeah. And like Lao Lao is like the like South the, American or the, or like the local native, name. The yeah. local name. But yeah, those things get a couple hundred pounds, massive. They the, look kind of like a gooch, too. The big shovel head, and they got like a shark tail. They're like the upscale Pokemon version of a blue cat. Yeah. <laughs> but um, the wolfish was. I was. It just it's all part of the Amazon experience, man. Wolffish. Well, they getting, got those uh, vampire fish too. Yeah, they, the, arowana. Uh, no, arowana is the. Uh, oh, jeez, arowana is different. It, it they have the same. They're there too, aren't they? Yeah, they have the same upward hinging mouth. Jeez, um, what are those fish called? I'll find it. Hold on. It's a uh, vampire fish. Uh, it's similar to Piraru. Payara. Payara. That's what it is. Yeah. Yep. They're another, like, super popular fly target. You catch those pyara, like, at the base of, like, the biggest rapid you yeah, can find. Yeah, which is so... 
weird. Well, like you wouldn't think that. No, they but don't like that's look the crazy like... thing about the Amazon too, though. It's like let's go out to the bottom of the Amazon where there's pink dolphins and peacock <laughs> yeah. bass everywhere, yeah. and then let's go hundreds of miles to the west. Yeah, and there's arapaima and wolffish, and then let's go further west, and now we're getting into rocky rapids and there's arowana and yeah like i mean it just you can go it's, any direction there's technically gold dorado in the amazon basin it's yeah. the fir- they're on the northern half of it it's something about the coming from living around swamps here yeah. like something about having a jungle with rapids in it it makes sense from like a waterfall standpoint yeah. but like having actual large-scale rapids yeah. in a jungle doesn't make sense from, like, what we've grown but up that's around. the other but, thing with, like, the draw to the Amazon, I think, for us and people like David. David's that's his number one destination, yeah. too, I know. Yeah. It's like we grew up fishing swamps. Like, similar things. Yeah. You know. Not saying anything we have is close to the Amazon, no. but, like, the environment, I feel like it'd be, feel like you're, you'd be comfortable well, fishing it. The correlation is there, you know. You have... Our bowfin to their wolfish. You have our gar maybe to their arapaima. You have peacock our to largemouth. peacock to largemouth, blue cat to lao lao. I mean, the similarities are totally there. It's yeah. just like taking it to the to the extreme, basically. Yeah. But arapaima, man, that you could maybe say like arowana would be like a chain pickerel. Yeah. That would Some, be something like that. But either way, there's I'm the trying con- to think of their like contrasting species yeah. in our swamp. Vicious. Those arowana, from what they say, they are like me. You just you're in the nastiest water, and as soon as they see something, they kill it. Arowana or a pyara? Um, pyara. Sorry, pyara. pyara. I actually, arowana is popular in the aquarium trade. I I had one when I was in high school. They're super cool. They have like blue arowana, silver yeah. arowana. There's there's like five they or six like, species. They're kind of like a bowfin mixed with arapaima, right? What arowanas? Like they have the they have the they have the uh, the long fins. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I could see that from a bowfin. But then they have like a pyara head. Yeah. yeah, they have that upward hinging mouth. A lot of stuff in like the jungle feeds on the surface, so they have yeah. those upward hinging mouths. But yeah, man, arapaima just going to those oxbow lakes and fishing those big. I don't know. I don't know how we'll ever do any of this, but just that is one those, of them. Uh, those fly outfitters that are doing it now in some of those mm-hmm. lakes like it's sight fishing but it's not yeah so you have they're out basically just drifting around in the lake and one surfaces within like casting distance yeah. it's like oh throw it yeah and you throw it 20 feet in front of it strip it to it a lot of times they eat it yeah and when you're waiting for one to surface you're just kind of dredging a fly on the bottom mm-hmm. and they they have, apparently have incredibly good eyesight because they can see yeah. in that black water and they crush it the so. funny thing is that Jakob Wagner dude yeah. that has that Goonch world record, he also has a world record for Arapaima. A wide class? No. Or all tackle. All tackle. Yeah, he, that Big guy. Baller. Big he, baller. Well, from my, I don't want to talk bad about the dude. My understanding is he comes from money, which money will facilitate your wildest dreams. But, um, yeah, that dude, let's see, Jakob. Multiple all tackles. That's pretty baller, though. Yeah. You're going to know one of those this, this spring. I'm going to add a couple more to my list. Yeah, so Jakob Wagner. Let's see. All tackle Arapaima. 339 pounds, 8 ounces. Amazon, Amazonia, Ecuador. Caught in 2010. 
All tackle Sway Catfish, SWAI. Uh, Thailand, 46 pounds, 15 ounces. All tackle Giant Tangajika Cichlid, 6 pounds, 7 ounces. Tanzania. All these are caught in the 2010-2009 standpoint. Um, huh. he, those are three that are... Those Sway, oh. sway Catfish? Mm-hmm. They look like a, like a Mekong. Okay. They got the big old eyes. Yeah. And then all tackle Gooch from 2009, 165 pounds, 5 ounces. So this dude, March, how is this possible? This dude, this dude, May 2nd, 2009, he was in Tanzania, and he caught that cichlid. And then seven days later, he caught an all-tackle world record in Thailand. So he went from Tanzania. Is that Africa? Yeah. Yeah. Africa to Central Asia or Thailand is Pacific. Pacific, yeah. Yeah, so seven days he went to two separate continents. And then 2010, he's in the Amazon. So, like I said, money helps. Um but then those are four current world records he has three retired he had the, that have been beaten yeah he had the all tackle wells in he caught Jesus. in 2009 242 pounds eight ounces the all tackle but not only that i mean this dude's got all tackles for some of the biggest species on the planet yeah i think i think that just from a pure speculative standpoint, I think that's somebody with a lot of money and a certified scale and paying yeah. people to help him. Because a lot of those guys catch the fish and they release it. Yeah. I think they're like paying. To, and I'm, I've am i heard that Arapaima died. Like, I don't, yeah. I think this dude like facilitated that. It's, you know what I mean? But whatever. Well, I mean, if you've, a lot of people that go on these trips don't have the certified scales yeah. and don't have the IGFA right. stuff. So right. if you go on the trip with the sole purpose of the IGFA mm-hmm. world records, then a lot of times you might be one of the only people that's ever tried it. Too. Yeah. Look up Kokuni. How you spell it? K-O-K-U-N-I. He had the all-tackle world record for that, 66 pounds, 2 ounces. K-O-K-U-N-I. Gotcha. From the Congo. How big was it? Uh, 66 pounds, 2 ounces. There it is, right there. Huh. Cool looking catfish. It's weird. That's actually still the world record. So he has 5 current world records and 2 retired. Honestly, it looks like a little bitty lao lao. Yeah. Look at it. One of his retired records is one that he, he broke his own record. Huh. Uh, he... His one of his retired records is also an Arapaima. It's two hundred and eighty six pounds nine ounces. Yeah, those things just caught look in like Brazil. A little mini lao lao. Yeah, cool. yeah. So this dude has five current world records, two retired, and one of the retired is only retired because he broke it with a fish that was uh roughly seventy or so pounds heavier than his. So, I'm looking at pictures of those big Lao Lao catfish right now. Those things. Pariba. Yeah. I mean, they. Things are nuts. <laughs> yeah. They literally fish on them or fish for them with like 50 wides I and mean, stuff. Aren't they like insanely strong? Yeah. What everybody says? Yeah. yeah. So they're caught 
and more of, from what I understand, more it's of the... like a flathead and a shark. Yeah. Mixed. They're caught in more of the, like, wider sections yeah. of the Amazon, like the wider river sections, and it's super deep. So they're putting a bait on the bottom where, in the Amazon yeah, in that area, it's heavy it's current. Like, you're dealing with a fish of that size with that type of tail structure. I mean, it's essentially, you're sturgeon fishing yeah. at that point. Like, yeah. white sturgeon fishing. Yeah. But... But, um, yeah, if you look at the areas in which, yeah, they're all huge. huge. The areas in which they're caught is deep, fast This is the one that gets me, though, is, like, how skinny they get at the tail. Well, that, it only looks like that because half the fish is in the water. But. Just their build is, is wild. Yeah. They're so big at their shoulders. Yeah. It's just one of those things, man. The Amazon is, like. It's like a dozen separate trips that yeah. you can make. You got the peacocks, That's what I'm saying. You the got all fish. those miles of water and like the, yeah. the variety changes so much. Yep. Oh, at the bottom of the Amazon, you got those giant freaking stingrays. Mm-hmm. No, no. Aren't they there? No, those are in the Mekong Delta. Oh. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm sure sorry, that sounds great. Sorry about that, folks. But, um, <laughs> sorry about that, folks. They have giant Amazon. They have big stingrays in Amazon. Yeah, they have a version. They're not th- as big as those I think ones they're sh- short tail stingrays or something yeah. like that. That actually didn't make my list, even though I'd really like I don't, to do it. Problem the is, it sucks. Yeah, yeah. Like I don't even, I don't even want to catch one. Like I, I hate catching regular stingrays in <laughs> yeah. surf. Well, I don't want to catch one that's eight feet across. There's multiple problems with it. The fish itself. I find to be cool, giant freshwater stingray. But the fight sucks. You're literally fighting it on like super heavy tackle for hours. Oh, and it's not even the fight. The thing's just laying on the bottom. Right. You're pulling on it. I mean, Jeremy Wade had a rod explode in his face. Like it's yeah. you're just like hooking into the bottom of the river. Mm-hmm. But on top of that, every photo you get is you and the fish like in a landing net and like 19 other people in the photo. Yeah. So it's like. On the plus side, it's relatively cheap because it's in that Thailand sort yeah. of area where the snakehead and all that stuff, Malaysia, you know. So it's yeah. it's not that expensive of a trip, but I I have problems, so that's why I didn't really make any of my lists. If I run out of things to do, maybe I'll do that. But yeah, I that's one that would be cool to do, but it's not going to hurt my feelings if I don't do it. Right. But that is our list. Anything you can think of that is surprising that didn't make either one? Mm. No, I mean, I think we touched on all the ones that were, like, just outside of the list or obviously the honorable mentions. Yeah, the only ones came to mind were it was like the Panama stuff, like or the rooster fish on the beach down in Mexico. Maybe, like, Patagonia. Yeah, Jurassic Lake or whatever. The same thing with Patagonia is, like, that's the same thing with Alaska to me. It's like yeah. trout fishing. I mean, it's awesome. I would like to go to Tierra del Fuego. Those sea run browns are pretty cool. Brown trout through the ice up on the Great Lakes. Or like a New Zealand brown trout. Those big, huge yeah. ones that eat dry flies. That like, would be cool. Yeah. The, the ice fishing something that I haven't done, but I want to do it with those big brown trout. That, that yeah. didn't make the bucket list because I could see myself end up doing the it other one this was, winter. Uh, like Canadian pike. Yeah. Like Gangler's Lodge and stuff up there. Alaska. Go up there and do those crazy yeah. big pike. Yeah. But if I'm going to do pike, like, go to Sweden. Catch those freaks that yeah. are way bigger. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I would like to do that ice fishing stuff. Oh, that's the other thing with the Mongolia. You get the Amur pike. 
Abur, Abur, A-M-U-R. Mm. But yeah, it's a pike species that lives in those rivers. Okay. They're crazy looking. They're yeah. Crazy. But I don't know. We'll see how many of these happen in recent years. David seems to think we're going to the Amazon this year, which would be cool, but I don't know how far out you have to plan that type of thing. That's the only reason I'm skeptical. Yeah, but look at those Abur pike. Oh, yeah. They're, they're like a leopard busky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're cool. pretty cool. They look like that fish that was going around. It was like photoshopped or whatever. Yeah. had had the uh, leopard print on it. Yeah. But, but yeah, that's... All of mine were like true destination yeah. things. That's why like some stuff in Canada didn't make it. That's why Alaska didn't make it. Like, yeah. I don't know. If I'm going to say destinations, like I was telling her, Kamchatka Peninsula in Russia. Mm-hmm. Would be awesome. First off, it's in Russia. This is probably not going to happen. But second off, it's I just don't feel like it's that much crazier than Alaska. Yeah. Like, it's big trout. Yeah. Cool. But I just don't know. Yeah. Well, I think that'll do it. That is our bucket list as it stands in Subject February. To change, probably. February of 2023. Hopefully, I knock that tarpon off this year. I need to get that thing done. It's just... Like I said, with this entire long list with Amazon and everything, tarpon is still at the top in yeah. in my heart. Definitely so. the most obtainable. Yeah, I need to get. It's it's difficult too because of all but already tangled into them. Quick story before we go. Harley and I were fishing with Marty Mood up in uh, Pensacola, and they were fishing these fish under a bridge. I don't think the fishery exists anymore because they've yeah. built another bridge. I think that kind of messed it all up. But we're literally out there at midnight, 3 in the morning. She is in a kayak. I'm in a kayak. And I'm literally... And Marty did the same thing for me, but he had to, like, work or something. So he didn't... He wasn't out there the whole trip. So, like, the last two nights, she's out there. We're literally watching these, like, six- or seven-foot-long tarpons swim just inside the light line. Mm-hmm. And their freaking eyeballs are, like, yeah. that big. So she's, like, calling the fish for me. And they're, like, swimming by. <laughs> Here, comes <and> <laughs> Here comes one. It's like, all right, perfect. I, don't, I look at stuff in my life, and it almost doesn't seem like it really happened. Like, you know, like... I don't know if I'd do that now. Like, that's spooky. Yeah. Like, it just knowing the size of the sharks that are there, like, or, yeah. like, everything that could have went wrong in that situation, hooking one underneath, rolling the kayak, just every, I don't know, just the fact that those fish were, like, a foot under the surface, and they're, like, right there. Yeah. Like, they're right there. You can see their pupil and their eyeball. Just thinking back about that, it's, like, hard to... So I do this with a lot of stuff that I've done. I look back and I'm like, mm, I don't know if I'd do that now. That is just, yeah. I don't know. But it, it was cool. So Harley was out there in a, a Kusa, Jackson kayak Kusa, like sitting there what, calling the fish out. And I'm throwing these hoagies trying to catch them. But that was the night I put the uh, treble hook in my thumb. So we got to go back nice. to the parking lot and rip that out of my thumb instead of going to the hospital at 3 in the morning. So... Good times. Meeting Florida man in person. Yep, yep. But anyway, that'll do it for us. Uh, if you're listening, watch. If you're watching, <laughs> listen. Uh, you can find the podcast on YouTube, uh, HRWT Studios. You can find it uh, on all of your podcast 
listening networks, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher. I think it's on Pandora, iHeartRadio, too, if anybody still uses that. Go to HaveRodsWillTravel.com. It has a podcast tab with all the podcasts on it, so you can watch ours. You can watch the Boundless Pursuit podcast with David and then the podcast that I do with David. Um, and there's a bunch of articles from a bunch of our contributors, so check it out. Um, and then follow the HRWT Studios Facebook page. And Instagram. And Instagram. And it just yep. look us up on your social We're media. We're everywhere. Help. Share <laughs> this with your friends. <laughs> we need your how, help. How forceful <laughs> do I have to be? I'm going to come to your house. and no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Just joking. <laughs> no, I'm not. Um, <laughs> share this with your friends. Help it grow. Uh, that's all I got to say. Do you have anything that else? That was good. All right, folks. Thanks for hanging out and listening to us. Hopefully uh, you're on your way to catch some fish right now. And if you are, best of luck to us. Yep. But We'll see you on episode six. What did you just switch to? Maybe not. <laughs> Harley, we almost made it to the end of the... Harley's over here on the switcher hitting the wrong buttons. Now you have it on Grant. (laughs) Grant's not even talking. God. If you're listening to this, pay no mind. But... It's one of those times where it's better to listen than it is to watch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're all learning here. It's fine. I, I kept uh, what I every once in a while the screen would go black, and I'm like, "What is happening?" And it's just Harley just doing a terrible job. Of it. <laughs> it's fine. Fine. All right, folks. Thanks fine. for listening. We will catch you next time. This has been the Peel and Drag Podcast. We'll see you later. Thanks for hanging out. Yeah.